Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, my pal, the legendary basketball player from St. John's University, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing tonight? Doing terrific, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good, Frank. And I use that quote from Matthew 11 in the opening because it's one of the many that illustrates God's desire to enter into our lives. God does not force himself on us. He calls us, and he will enter where invited, where the heart and soul have made room for him. But we ourselves often block this from happening, as we know. We set up obstacles that stand in the way of a fuller life with God. So let's talk about these impediments or roadblocks that we ourselves, as baptized Catholics, put in God's way. Well, after hearing Father Carlos Martins preach uh, on relics, he speaks a little bit before that about some of the things that hold people back from really becoming closer to God. And he said that there were four refusals that don't allow God into their lives. Um, So I thought that would be a good, a good topic for conversation, kind of piggyback, piggybacking on that. Um, So that's why I thought this was a good topic. Yeah. Now the word refuse sounds like a strong word, but it means declining to accept or declining to give consent to something. However, decline might be a little too soft because it implies that a change of mind is possible. I'll turn it down now, but I'll do it later. Refuse is better because it, it really it really sets up an impediment to being saved. So start us off. What what what's the first one? The first refusal is to go to Sunday Mass. Right. At Mass, we receive the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, which is really the source and summit of the seven sacraments. To us, it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Right. Um, the, our Lord gave us the Mass for our own sanctification. At Mass, what happens is we, along with Jesus, offer ourselves up for the Father, offer ourselves up to the Father. And it's the greatest work that that anyone can perform here on earth. We can do nothing more holy and divine than to hear Mass, serve at Mass, and join in Mass in some way in the state of grace, which is very important. That's right. Now, so refusal to go to Sunday Mass is really declining the opportunity to receive Jesus in the word and in the sacrament. We have the privilege of going to mass. We get to go to mass. We have to get out of the mindset of, you know, it's something that we have to do. But, you know, people shuffle up to communion every Sunday and receive, you know, it's an attitude and a mindset. We must think about what we're going to ask Jesus to help us with. It has to be intentional. He wants to help us. He doesn't need our help, but we need his. If you haven't been doing this, it becomes a habit and a bad habit. And it's no wonder you can't shake it. And when people say they're not getting anything out of it, it's because they're not bringing anything to it. It's if it's if you would go to your mother's birthday party, right? What are, you, what are you getting out of that? You're not getting anything out of it. You're going because you love your mother. You love your mother. You want to thank her. You respect her. It's not a social it's not about the sermon. It's not about the people. It's about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's good. 
Now, the second one is very familiar, refusing or declining to go to confession. Now, this one involves many, many of us, uh, many Catholics. We've talked about how confession has really fallen out of favor with so many Catholics. We're self-conscious about going. People don't trust the priest. And we're losing a sense of what sin is. So it's true. We're refusing to go now. Yeah, that's right. And and once again, pride has a lot to do with it. And I hear people say all the time, and you've heard it too, they confess directly to God. But that's not the sacrament. Jesus himself give, gave us specific instructions. He gave the apostles specific instructions. After the resurrection, he said to them, received by the Holy Spirit, whose sins you are forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. And so confession is a sacrament, one of the seven established by Christ to give us grace and to bring us into back into communion with him. So it's, it's very prideful to choose to confess directly to God in private prayer. It's like saying that you personally know better than Christ in 2,000 years of church tradition. But what happens is when you go to confession, all the the guilt or all the the shame that that the devil takes away from you when you're sinning right as you're standing on that line it happens to all of us he heaps that all back on you so you don't want to confess it oh i can't tell the priest that or i can't tell the priest this so it's very important that you get over that hump and yeah. you and you and you confess your sins well it's another example of getting out of the habit of going i mean when we instruct kids for First Holy Communion, we tell them they need to prepare their hearts to receive Jesus, to cleanse their souls, just as they would clean their house if Jesus were coming to visit th their home. And as adults, we have to sort of reprogram ourselves. I, th I think we should be more intentional about going to confession, Frank, at least four times a year, once at Advent, once during Lent for sure, maybe two or three times over the course of the year when needed. Yeah, I, I, I go every two weeks. And I can tell you that the, pre the priests are not harsh. They're not there to give you a hard time or, or, to, or to challenge you per se. They are acting in the person of Jesus Christ to forgive your sins. And I always feel that, it, that, it, that a burden has been lifted when I go. But it's really, it's really not about feeling. It's more about what happens. Like I said, you're back in a state of grace. Jesus says, repent and believe. Repent is a very, very important thing. And, and a lot of people are not taking advantage of this, of this great sacrament. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear. And twice a month, man, that's, you're like an old-fashioned traditional Catholic, Frank. You should go every week, I guess. <laughs> but uh, now the third refusal is related. Uh, it's purposely not confessing a sin you know you committed, but refusing to confess it for some reason. So here you have a person who's broken through and decided to go to confession, hard enough there, and willing to go through the entire ritual. Blessed be Father, for I have sinned, and yet withholds confessing a particular sin. Now, what about that? Well, when a person might find a particular sin or habit embarrassing to confess, or someone might not agree uh, with or accept church teaching, right. they rationalize and they don't confess a given sin. And the devil loves this. Because they they don't believe it's a sin, but this well, is yeah this is yeah. this is damaging because um it's and we're talking about mortal sin now when you when you're when you're in mortal sin 
if you don't confess that sin purposely, now, occasionally we'll forget a sin here and there, and, and it's not on purpose, but every communion that you go to receive after that, if you're in mortal sin, it, is an, it, it, it hurts yourself. It's, a, it's an abomination. It brings condemnation on you. Yes, but so that person, that person, that person probably also has doubts about the sacrament itself, Frank. I mean, it, that it's even safe even to go, right? Yeah, exactly. And and if you force people to go, you know that's they have to go uh, on on their own because then they're truly truly sorry for what they've done. But when you're forcing people to go, there's no you know, such they're thing. Not, they're, right, they're not really contrite. You know, confession is anonymous, and there's nothing any of us can mention in the confessional to that priest that he hasn't heard before. He won't be shocked. And if you're truly sorry, your sins are forgiven. That's what Jesus wants today, nice. right? Too many people, they want to be affirmed in their bad behavior. Right. And, the, and the church, the church doesn't, the church is not going to do that. You know, it's okay as long as you get up and you try again. Yep. Now, amen to all of that. Now, the fourth refusal gives me the chills. It's the refusal to forgive. Now, we know many people, all of us, really succumb at some time to this one. How many times have you heard somebody say, I will never forgive him for that, and hold on to that inner resentment for years? I mean, it does no good for anything. No, it, it doesn't. And it really it really eats the person up who, who won't forgive. Um, a, free, a refusal to forgive is really a rejection of what God wants. God will accept everyone, but not the person who refuses to forgive. I'm not making this up. This is this is teaching, right? Church teaching. Jesus told us in the Beatitudes, his instructions on how to live. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So true. And when you hold on to unforgiveness, it has a corrosive effect on your entire spiritual life. Yes. And it also may cause you to become like, irritable with people without realizing it and lead you away from trusting people and trusting God. I mean, you're right, Frank. When Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, uh, when, he said, when we pray to God for forgiveness, we say, forgive us, Lord, our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. It's not easy. We've all been embarrassed, maybe rejected, harmed personally or financially, and our human instinct is to hold on dearly to a deep resentment for that person who hurt us. Yes. That's why we need to look into the eyes of Jesus and remember how he was rejected and harmed, and yet ask God from the cross itself to forgive them. Yes, and it goes back to the third refusal. Even when we go to confession, intending to include all our sins, we don't include refusal to forgive, because a lot of times it's very deep. Right. And and it and you know, you, forgiving doesn't mean that you have to be the person's best friend. And and the other side of the coin, too, is when you when you ask someone for forgiveness, it's up to them to forgive you. You can't demand that they forgive you. I know this happens a lot in AA when people make amends and, and, and they're OK and, and somebody doesn't want to forgive them readily. And then they get mad at the person because they're not forgiving them. But but you can't do that. You have to forgiveness comes on the part of the person who is giving it. Never, ever, uh, you know, ruin an apology with an excuse. And 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 the other thing is, and you've heard this many times, if you know, people will say, if I've offended you. No, no, you have offended me. That That's why you're apologizing. 
yeah. that's kind of like a, you know, right it's kind of you know you that's why you are apologize so so say i'm sorry i offended you so i just say to people be aware of these four internal refuses to accept god's love and make the decision to accept these four suggestions today yeah very good and look if we want god's mercy we ourselves must be merciful so it's a good reminder thanks frank for bringing this one up this week Folks, don't forget to like us and follow us and send us an email. We're getting some nice notes at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot, and I'll see you next time, okay? Thanks. God bless, Deacon. <laughs>